<laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, everybody, thanks. The George Water Jr. Show is on the air. Thank you so much. Um, it is a beautiful day in the city of Chicago, and I hope it's a beautiful day where you are. And I'm hearing that um, the George Wilder Jr. Show is being syndicated. Uh, Spreaker, tune in, something to that effect. I've gotten, gotten an email on that. So I want to uh, congratulate uh, those folks on uh, producing a new audience uh, and bringing a new audience to the to the George Father Jr. Show. Thanks a lot for that because we're trying to get reach as many people as we can because we want to make the world a better place. Anything goes, there's no guest today. I didn't schedule anybody today. But hey, wow, stick around. You never know who, who might pop up. All right. Or what could pop up <laughs> or anything. We're not like Jimmy Fallon. We don't have a bunch of games for you to play. This is real stuff here, folks. This is not about games or, or, or that kind of thing. This is real stuff here. All right, the, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. That video editing software. Yeah, I've been uh, uh, shopping around for video editing shop uh, software. And it's a lot of good stuff out there. It's a lot of good stuff out there. And I can't really uh, criticize anything, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of good stuff up there. Uh, if you, you're in the videos, uh, that's one of the things. If you're in the videos, why am I talking about videos? Anyway, if you're in the videos, I mean, it's, it's some great video software out there. You can't have videos without having software. I've learned that. I learn something every day, all the time. <laughs> all right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. And it's, it, I mean, every day, every minute, every hour, there's always something coming out of the um, Donald Trump administration, the Trump team. And uh, yeah, some more, some more salacious crap has come out. And you might have heard it. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring in Michael Avalani on the show, and he uh, will tell you all about it. Let's see if we can find it. Can we can we find it? Can we get that? Okay, we got it. I'm Don Lemon. It is 11 p.m. here on the. Is East it Coast too low? It sounds like it's, it may be too low. Rudy Giuliani dropping an absolute bombshell tonight, saying that President Trump paid his fixer Michael Cohen back for that $130,000 hush money payment. 
to Stormy Daniels. I want you to listen. This is what he said tonight on Fox News. It may be too low. I think it's too low, actually. Are you concerned in the process of this? We did discover that a foreign national, Christopher Hannity. We don't need Sean Hannity on here, right? Used Russian sources. All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. uh, (laughs) Ryan Foles. Okay. this Ava, the, this Michael Cohen and Donald Trump now says that he actually uh, repaid uh, his lawyer, Michael Cohen, who paid uh, Stormy Daniels the $130,000 hush money. Uh, after all of these months, Donald Trump denying that he ever had anything to do with it. He didn't know anything whatsoever. Now he comes off. This morning said, yes, he knew about it. He paid his his uh, lawyer off, who actually, in increments uh, over time. Um, how could, I mean, if you think about it, how could he be, I mean, you're a billionaire. Why are you paying people off in increments and in, in installments? <laughs> you know, that's another story. That That's something else to uh, chew on. But anyway, Donald Trump's got caught in another lie. He twisted his draws up in, in, in a knot and you got caught in, in, in another lie. How can you believe anything? How can, how can you believe anything this man says? Anything that comes out of his mouth. But I do know this. Donald Trump is keeping so busy because he's trying to figure out how in the hell he's going to distract us away from this latest revelation that he lied to the American people. But there's no, there's no perjury gap when you're lying to the American, pe- lying to the American people when you're lying to the public. Uh, there should be. There should be, because if there if there was some sort of perjury uh, penalty for lying to the to the American people, Donald Trump would have been locked up a long time ago. I mean, probably back when he was in his youth, when he was a young man, you know, because I'm hearing that he's been lying for a long time, not just <laughs> not just as he uh, took the oath of took took the oath, oath of office to be president of the United States. I mean, he's been lying since he was in his teens, okay? So people who are trying to keep track of Donald Trump's lies, (laughs) you got a job ahead of you. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's the latest thing that everybody's chewing on. Uh, As I've said, Donald Trump is trying to um, distract everybody now. I mean, we're focused on his, his, his new lie, which... Sarah Huckabee Sanders says she knew nothing about. She just worked with what they tell her and what they give her. Yeah, I bet. Okay. Oh, here we go. Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski booted from the Motion Picture Academy. Of course, Bill Cosby is losing all kinds of uh, um, accolades and endorsements that he has won that he has won in the past. I'm hearing that a lot of the colleges who have uh, recognized him for honorary degrees, they are rescinding those degrees. Wow. They're just taking back everything. He's been convicted. I mean, this guy could spend the rest of his life life in prison. And one of the things about Bill Cosby, now he's 80 years old. I mean, this guy is 80 years old. And it it appears that the um, Justice Department doesn't take age into account when you have uh, committed felonies, doesn't matter how old you are. You can be 15 or 80. I mean, <laughs> you going to jail. 
I feel sorry for Bill Cosby because I do think in some instances he was railroaded. I, I look at I look at Bill Cosby as being another Rob Gorbich, you know. Uh, um, the all the evidence didn't come out. All the evidence wasn't produced, and uh, I figured this second this retrial. I I, I figured that this retrial was going to send him to prison, and it did. It did. The first one was, uh, was uh, I think it was a mistrial, so they decided to do it again, and they did it again, and he is going to jail. His wife is pissed. She's out there accusing the prosecution of all kind of shenanigans and lies, even accusing them of breaking the law. But that's not going to change anything, I don't believe. Um, she's shouting and she's screaming and, you know, and trying to defend her husband and it's to no avail. Bill Cosby will be sentenced, I believe in June, next month, I believe in June. And um, it's something I'm not looking forward to because I mean, I idolized the guy at one time. I really did. I idolized him, especially when he, uh, he had all these um, um, sitcoms. He, I think he had about two or three. And I think the last one that he's had was the Cosby show. Okay. There was, he had, the, I think there was a Bill Cosby show and then he had a variety show. Um, so he's been out there. He's been out there. So, no, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for him, especially at his age, at his age. Charlie Rose, misconduct, flagged management as, el- as early as 1986. Charlie Rose. I mean, I watched Charlie Rose, Rose late night on on PBS. Yeah, PBS. Charlie. I thought he was one of the brightest and most intellectual and um, most knowledgeable person I, I, I've ever listened to. He's been accused of sexual misconduct. Women are coming and saying he took his pants down in front of him. <laughs> you know, a lot of these guys are just want, end up ruined, ruined. You know, their careers are ruined just because they, you know, uh, wanted to have sex when the woman probably didn't want to have it, you know, so and their careers are ruined now. Charlie Rhodes will never be back on TV um, along with some other celebrities, their lives are ruined. I mean, that's, it is just all the way messed up and, um, it happens. And then we have the groper in chief. I mean, this guy is the king of sexual misconduct, Donald Trump, and he still is in office. Only reason why he's still in office is because congressional, congressional Republicans are protecting him, covering up for him. And they don't care. They don't care. Seem to care about that the midterms, the upcoming midterms, are going to really, really um, sink them. They really don't care. They're just doing what they're doing now uh, because they just like it. They don't care. They don't care. A lot of them are jumping ship, quitting, quitting, leaving the Republican Party. I, I believe that a lot of those Republicans that have quit, resigned, or will quit or will resign. I think those seats are going to be taken by Democrats. I really, really do. I'm not saying that Democrat is going to win every election. That I'm not. I'm not even predicting that the entire uh, uh, this entire country is going to turn blue in November, November on November 6th. I'm not even predicting. I'm going to say most of it will. 
because it's just unrealistic to think that every Republican, every Republican out there that's running for office will um, will lose. You, you, I think you just have to be a little bit uh, um, rational and and, <laughs> and realize that these kinds of things don't happen. It would be nice. It would be nice if the entire uh, country turned blue, but I don't think it's realistic. I, I as again, I'm going to say most of the country probably will turn blue. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it all the time. And I really do. <laughs> I really do. All right. Hi, you're on the air with George Wilder, Jr. Hi, George. My name is David. I'm from Virginia. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, man. I feel just great. I just feel wonderful. It's, it's raining here a little bit, but I feel great. What's on your mind? Oh, yeah. Where are you? Where are you? I'm in Chicago, man. <laughs> I'm in Chicago. Chicago. I'm in yeah, the Wendy right. City, man. It's it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful town. No matter what you hear on the news, crime is all over the place. Uh, and other, you know, I mean, a lot of that stuff is overblown. I understand. I understand. Yeah, uh, I just have to call in and speak with a like-minded person like yourself, uh, Donald Trump, because I oh. live in an area that voted ninety percent for Trump. Wow. I am one of only 10% of the people that cast a vote on November 16 for someone other than Donald Trump. And I did cast a vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, and I'm in the middle of cold country. I'm in far southwest Virginia. Uh, looking out my picture window, I see coal yard or a coal rail yard. Um, and that's really what it boils down to. Here. You know, I but what I was I wanted to say I was reading something in the paper where coal miners they're saying that they were they're they are really disappointed in Donald Trump. He did not bring the jobs that he promised. Yeah, that's that that's a handful, but unfortunately not in my area. That's not what they're saying. Okay. What what really terrifies me, what really bothers me is the precedent that this man is setting and and the groundwork wow. that he is laying by saying anything painting him in a negative light is fake news. Anyone calling him out for his behavior, is, you know, is an idiot, a terrible person, the lowest rated at this yeah. profession, or the I, I, you know his tweets, his tweets are proof that he should be impeached for mental instability, much less all the impeachable offenses he had committed before and, and since taking office. So um, what we really have to do collectively, whether we are Democrats, independents, third party, or never Trump Republicans, which I'm, you know, identify as, as Democrats, um, what we have to do is just educate our friends our family, our co-workers, our people on the street, that it's not fake news. These are, in, in some cases, century-and-a-half-old institutions who have prided themselves on, on being balanced. You know, this is not fake right. news. Which, <laughs> I agree with you, but... 
Yeah. No, I've but been taking Trump some is, arguments I mean, with He's, he's, he's taking us down a dangerous road. The man is wholly unfit, unqualified, and unworthy of the office. And how did we go? Tell me, how did we go from a Harvard law professor with dignity, compassion, intelligence, you know, that we had for eight wonderful years before? How did we go from that to what we have now? Have we reached the point where we are... Let me tell you some of the responses I've heard from people in this area. And believe it or not, the Appalachian coal country is not a collection of idiot and red hillbillies, or at least I said that until the last election. But just let me tell you some of the things Trump supporters in my area have said, going back from right before the election to today. The funniest one is, I voted for Obama twice, but I never will again. That 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 one got me right there. Well, what's he going to run for again? <laughs> okay, you know, king of the world, everybody, you know. So, and uh, another one is, well, I'm voting for Trump because I want Obama out of office. That's another one I heard from someone. I've heard that right one. here. What are you know? Were you born that ignorance, or did you have to work <laughs> on it? But we live in an area where Sinclair Media dominates our local television yeah. news. You saw the whole wow. thing. I posted yeah, I the saw video. The whole thing. I know all about it. I posted the video on their Facebook site calling out the two reporters who read the script and they immediately blocked me. Um and you know and they and until Sinclair made them put that out there, they had kind of been very to me, it, it, surprisingly they seemed anti Trump. Now they have a terrorism alert desk and all this stuff. This is a local station with, you know, less than a million viewers in their viewing area, but their viewing yeah. area goes across yeah. parts of four states. So, but we have got to take it upon ourselves to fact check, to fact check our friends' posts. That's a little hard for me because I don't have any Trump supporters on my Facebook, but most of my, most of my fellow, uh, Never Trumpers do, and they they, but they won't take it upon themselves to fact check or to to point out the fake things that were being shared and that are still being shared. You know yeah. how many people uh, the Clintons have murdered and all that. So I know I'm rambling, but I just have to get this no. off my chest, and you'd be surprised. <laughs> no, that's okay. This is the place how to get off your chest. <laughs> right, but I, I was just scrolling through trying to find a show that was going to be, you know, on the same side as I was tonight. So, but you know what, uh, Trump, uh, fake news, saying this and that is fake news. That's an excuse for Trump. The only reason why he's calling a lot of these media outlets fake news that print the truth about him is because he hates the truth to come out. He doesn't like for you to know about the truth, and the truth sounds bad to him. So when these news outlets, these uh, credible news uh, outlets, uh, media, print something about him that he doesn't like, but it's the truth, it becomes fake news to Donald Trump, and he spreads it. Or the New York Times is a struggling third-rate newspaper because they broke a lot of the stories we're now hearing about daily. And, you know, this not only has echoes of the Nixon scandals, but this has echoes of how Nazi Germany started. I don't know if you know this, but in Nazi Germany, televisions were ri- widely available 
to a lot to a lot of citizens in early early Nazi territories in 1939, just before the Warsaw Invasion, and they were for yeah. nothing more than pushing propaganda. And let me yeah. tell you, if you've ever done the research they, on early television, that the, the quality in 1939 in, in Nazi Germany of their television broadcast yeah. was better than ours in the 70s. Believe it or not, it was black and white. Mm. But it was better than yeah. our TV was in the 70s. And that's how Nazi Germany began, with propaganda and attacking the free press. I'm not saying we're yeah, going to come as, to that. As such as Fox News. But, you know, I, I, I've been living under this assumption that, well, if he's not impeached or he doesn't resign, there's no way he can be reelected. No. But we didn't think he was uh, so, going to be elected in the first place. It was a big shocker to me because they were saying that Hillary had it. She was ahead. The poll, every poll had her ahead. And all of a sudden, wow, bubble burst. <laughs> and, Russia has a uh, way of uh, getting their way. <laughs> <laughs> and some people are saying he's not going to make it to the midterm. Some people are saying he's not going to make, he's not going to be able to do four terms. And there is so much of this stuff swirling around Trump. I, I, he, I don't see how he can, how he, how he does it. All of this garbage and crap all over him, swirling around him, and he just takes it all in like it's just another day. Like the lies that came out this morning. I mean, wow. <laughs> but, uh, but his supporters, I mean, he really was telling the truth when he said that, to, you know, before the election. I could stand on the corner of Fifth Avenue in New York City and shoot someone and not lose support. I believe that. Yeah, I believe I, it I now. Don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be, you know, no one that voted for Hillary Clinton is going to vote for Trump in 2020 if he's around. No one. But I do feel no. that some of the never-Trumpers that voted third party or didn't vote or wrote someone in will support him in 2020 for the fact that you know, Congress is, you know, they're, they're, they they won't admit it, the Republicans in Congress, but they love it because they've got a guy who who they can manipulate and control. But yeah. to me, the biggest, they threat, got a guy, the biggest threat, go ahead. They got a guy who will sign anything that they put in front of him. Give him, Absolutely. they got a guy who will give them the kind of bills that they want. That's what our, they got. Our biggest, you know. threat, our biggest threat is not... Uh, Donald Trump himself, our biggest threat is the clueless minds, and as I like to call them, the clueless minds, the mindless souls that support him and will defend him with the last fiber of their being and will, you know, will challenge anything negative about Trump as fake news. But then they turn yeah. around and quote fake news about Hillary Clinton or about Barack Obama or they want to throw up the fact that that Bill Clinton, you know, uh, what you know, had some uh, character flaws, some moral issues, and yeah, he's, you know, but when you're the city president and you have an affair with an intern, you're gonna lie. But I, that I lie, did, that lie did not weaken our standing in the world. That lie I did, a few. did not threaten our peace. Go ahead. No, I'm done. If it didn't okay, uh, I have met, I, I have met a few of, I have met in person a few of Donald Trump's supporters, 
and I'm gonna tell you something. They look they look like they're on food stamps. They look like they're getting welfare, some kind of governmental benefits, you know, and uh, they look as if they're in need. But yet they well, they are. Go go right ahead. Yeah, well, I was gonna say the poorest county in the state of Virginia. It's a toss up between Buchanan and Dickinson County, and they're both fairly close to where I am. I actually uh -huh. live in the smallest city in Virginia, the city of Norton. Uh, the only location in far southwest Virginia that did vote for, you know, more for Obama than John McCain in 2008. You know, I, I live in Norton, Virginia, and, you know, in, in, in Wise County, which is the county nearby that I used to live in and the other two counties, yeah, about 80% yeah. live in poverty. 80% or they either live in poverty or they're a payday away from poverty, yet 90% yeah. voted for Trump. And I actually know more middle, upper middle class and upper class people that voted for Obama than the people I know out working for minimum wage or, or yeah. you know, or, you know, and a lot of them on minimum wage are still on food stamps. Minimum wage is the national here. It's $7.25 yeah. an hour, yet rent is $600 a month for something that's not rat roach infested. I know that's a far cry from probably what rent is in your, you know, neighborhood, but based on the based on the income, average income here six hundred dollars a month is what thankfully I own my home and don't have to worry about that. But and we are in a very depressed area. Yeah, I was gonna say Trump's policies are hurting his own supporters, his policies. Because, uh, you know, the tax cut, for instance, that that wasn't it was a scam. You know, it was a scam. It, it didn't really benefit grassroots people. It it benefited the rich corporations by making them richer. Mm -hmm. uh, right. He go right ahead. No, no, I just said, right. it's just. Just listing and agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's going to be a long ride, man. It's going to be a long ride. We got to hang in there. We got to vote. We got to vote. We got to get, like you said at the beginning, we got to tell everybody to get out here and vote. Get out here and do we it. Have to I mean, vote. I just, but yeah. The I, legitimacy ahead, of the election is going to be challenged by what I refer to as Trumpsters, Trumpanzies, and uh, <laughs> Trumpanian law seekers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the legitimacy of any defeat of Donald Trump or any impeachment of Donald Trump will always be questioned. And Trump and his cohorts his, are laying the groundwork for things like this to continue to happen for you know forever until we are a dystopian society that we've read about. You say cohorts, I say goons. <laughs> goons, goons, cohorts, followers, yeah. handlers, puppet masters, whatever you want to call them. They are laying the groundwork for a very, very bleak and dangerous future because I have people right. I know to be well-educated, you know, and they're still, yeah. they believe everything Trump says and nothing said about him, and that just sickens me to the core. And I think there's a documented, some documented reports is saying that since Trump's been president, he's told over 3,000 documented, provable lies. Yeah. <laughs> and but with people I'm that support sure. him, only, yeah, they only get their news from Fox. 
for yeah. Sinclair yeah. Media. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to thank you for calling into the show. We're running out of time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Bye bye. All righty. Um here we go. We'll be right back, folks. I'm Don Lemon. It is 11 p.m. here on the East Coast. Okay, We're live that's a little low. Let's try it this way. All right. Actually, good on the George Walter Jr. Show. Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judd she'll die alone with a dried out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. The unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. Women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what? You're right. I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt. I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. 
What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalized the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob. This vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. <laughs> and I did that alone, and I published it alone because my chief advisor said, please don't. The rain of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women. And for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up, the limbic system gets fired, we lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex, with real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people girls, our girls, our boys are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. 
We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom. And that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us, our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds, attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. Okay. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child and so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it, and we code it, and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. Holy fuck. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few, and of course I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy, and clearly it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two, shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. Edge. The global standard for gender equality is the minimum standard, and guess what? Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta.
as the Italians would say. Enough! Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there. In 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. Yeah. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, chairperson, Price Waterhouse Cooper. He asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence. As it is happening, 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. Junior Show has now arrived.
All right, White House struggles to <laughs> White House struggles with fallout over $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. They're struggling with this, folks. It's if it, uh, the lies, uh, the turnabouts, the changing of minds, and uh, it just keep coming out of the Trump White House team. So they're struggling with this. Okay, the White House on Thursday struggled to contain the fallout from a string of damaging revelations about the criminal investigations plaguing Donald Trump's presidency. Washington Washington awoke in a state of shock after Trump's new attorney, Rudy Giuliani, disclosed that the president reimbursed his longtime personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, for a $130,000 payment to porn star actress Stormy Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, in exchange for her silence about the alleged sexual encounter between her and Trump. The statement was also designed to reduce Trump's legal exposure to possible campaign finance charges, but it also contradicted the president's previous claim he had no knowledge of the payment. At first, Donald Trump said he didn't know anything. I don't know. And suddenly, he does know. So, you know, this this White House, uh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't believe anything comes out of Donald Trump's mouth anymore. I really don't. Uh, he's trying to distract uh, distract us away from this with, with uh, North Korea, with the Nobel Peace Prize they say he should get. I, I, I don't support that. Um, not for this guy, not for this president. Um, uh, he's trying to distract us with uh, trying to uh, t- talking about releasing of three prisoners, uh, three Americans. I, I'm, I'm assuming three Americans from the North Korean prisons or something to that effect. But but th- that's Donald Trump. I mean, scandal after scandal after scandal, and each one of those scandals, he tried. He's find something else to try to distract you away from thinking about that scandal to paying attention to what he's doing next. But as I've said several times on the show, it just piles up on it. This shit just piles up. It's not like it goes away. Okay. All these scandals that Donald Trump is involved in the lawsuits and hush money and collusion and obstruction of justice and so on and so on and so on and so on. It just piles up. And, there are so many people saying Donald Trump is not going to make it uh, to the midterms. Donald Trump is not going to do uh, make it. Uh, uh, he's not going to do out his term. These all of those are, are are viable possibilities. Viable possibilities. You know, I mean, I I personally think I think Donald Trump should resign. This is too much, man. <laughs> the guy is seventy one, and all of this garbage that's swirling around him and his team every day for for since he's been in office and it just piles up keep piling up i i I don't know how he takes it some people say well george he's a narcissist (laughs) he can take it because he's a narcissist it must be some kind of disease to be a narcissist because he has no sympathy he has no empathy he doesn't give a damn what you think he doesn't care about other people he doesn't care about this or that he doesn't give a damn if the world hates him he goes on as if nothing is wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just think he's and all of these scandals after scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal uh, breaking loose in this White House. 
it's just awful. It's just awful. You know, and a lot of people are afraid that 70 to 75 percent of the American people want this guy impeached. What is wrong with Congress? They are there to represent us and they're not representing us. They're representing their party themselves, not the people who put their asses in office, gave them their great health care, gave them their great benefits, and yet they want to take away ours and keep this jackass in, in office. He is totally unfit, unhinged. He's totally unfit. And all we can do is vote, vote. Whether Donald Trump makes it to November 6, 2018 or not, without being impeached, without resigning, I, I don't know. But it's a possibility he could. It's a possibility he could not. Because every day there's some revelation coming out of the White House. The next revelation may be that Donald Trump has been subpoenaed, he's been indicted, or he has resigned. It's not over. This is not over. You know, even when, even if Donald Trump leaves the White House, there's still going to be that stigma there. Even as he leaves the White House, if he has done wrong in the White House, if he's broken any laws uh, by him resigning, he will not escape prosecution, even if he resigns. It's going to haunt him until the rest of his days, and he could end up being handcuffed and taken off the prison when he resigns, after he resigns, or after he's impeached, or after he's just not elected back into office in 2020. But he will not escape the scrutiny. And the only and, and you, you think about his family. Where is his family? Where are they? More likely they're in hiding because Donald Trump is putting their lives in jeopardy by being, being what he is. They, they have no uh, life. They can't come out among the rest of us. It's not that they're better than we are. It's just that they have to keep themselves safe. People despise Donald Trump. Maybe, they're gonna, maybe they will try to hurt his family. That's why they're in hiding. Donald Trump lives at the White House by himself. I understand his wife uh, visits probably, but she doesn't live there. So he's there. He's a man alone with his bullshit. A man alone. Anyway, the developments took many in the West Wing by surprise. Okay, we're still talking about the... um, uh, White House struggles to, with fallout over $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. Huckabee Sanders said that she first learned that Trump reimbursed Trump at the same time the public did. When Giuliani told Fox News Sean Hannity in a freewheeling uh, interview on live television, it was disclosed. Okay, I'm quoting here. The first awareness I had, I'm quoting uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and she's been taking it. She came out this morning. I think the first thing came out of her mouth was a lie. Uh, the first awareness I had was during the interview last night, she said, at her daily brief 
at her daily prep briefing. She gives a daily prep briefing in the White House every, each and every morning. I don't watch it. I hear about it, but I don't watch it. I may later on watch a few clips of it, but basically I don't watch it because I don't want to hear those lies. I really, I'm, I'm so fed up with people lying uh, uh, in the White House and around the White House and government. It's just, you know, it, it's awful. Ask about the payment in March. Sanders said there was no knowledge of any payments from the president. So the president kept her in the dark. Or either, or either that or she's lying. It could be either one with uh, Sarah. Uh, Sanders uh, faced a barrage of question, questions from reporters who asked about the stream of false or misleading information coming from the White House, excuse me, on everything from legal investigation to policy and personal decisions. And she's, I'm quoting her here. She's saying, we give the very best information that we have at the time, she says. I do every single day and will continue to do that every day I'm in this position. Sound like she wants to be fired. Uh, Sarah, I mean, she has come out there and told a bunch of lies. <laughs> she sure have. And I, and I like the fact that uh, um, the White House press, uh, the reporters are saying that um, there's a stream of false on misleading information coming from the White House on on everything from legal investigations to policy and personal decisions. Trump himself sought to quell the Fira over the Gianni, Gianni interview early Thursday morning, arguing in a series of tweets that the reimbursement cleared him of any campaign finance violation. <laughs> Trump I don't know. The guy doesn't listen to his lawyers. He says these dumb things. It doesn't clear him of anything. The only, the only uh, thing that, that can clear Trump of a lot of these allegations is a court of law. A court of law. A jury. That's going to uh, clear him of anything. Because we know that this guy is a pathological liar. He lies every time he opens his mouth. He lies on a constant basis. And uh, I don't believe anything he says anymore, or or if I ever did, or if I ever did believe anything Trump is, anything that's ever come out of Trump's mouth. But uh, that's how the majority of Americans feel about Trump. They don't listen to Trump. I've talked to Americans who say they can't stand to see Trump's face on their television set. They say that every time Trump comes on their uh, flat screen televisions, <laughs> they reach for the remote to change the channel or either just to cut the television completely off. And there are some people who keep their televisions off all the time, all the time for the fear that Trump's face might show up. This is how much America is not uh, in Trump's corner. But you know what? Trump doesn't care. In Trump's mind, I'm president. You're not. You know, that's the way Trump thinks. But he's president, but he's not above the law. He's president and he cannot do uh, every damn thing that he wants to do, even though he tries to do it. When he can't do what he wants to do, he blasts the American laws. I think at one setting, in one video, he said recently that 
at one rally, he said, he gave a rally, I think at his last rally, he said that the uh, American laws were stupid. Our laws were stupid. That's telling you right there, he doesn't like following the law. He likes breaking it. As he's saying that our laws are stupid, as if that's, that's giving him a right to try to break them or wanting to break them. Um, uh, It's just crazy. This this is just lunacy. Um, This has never, ever happened in American history. He's the worst president ever. He is the worst ever. I know there's probably some uh, Trump supporters listening to the show. I just don't give a damn. Trump is the worst ever. I think most people... And you don't have to be a Democrat or independent or Republican to say that he's the worst ever. Uh, and as I alluded to a little bit earlier, the Republicans have uh, have nominated him for the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Give me a break. And one poster said that if he gets the Nobel Peace Prize, if Trump gets the Nobel Peace Prize, it's rigged. And it will have lost a lot of its credibility. And I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, me, you, me or you or them, we cannot stop these stupid Republicans, these dumb Republicans, these complicit Republicans, the Republicans who may go to jail along with Trump. We cannot stop them from voting that this guy get the... um, Nobel Peace Prize. Even if he gets it, he gets it. Uh, I don't know, for brokering peace between North Korea and South Korea, something to that effect. He didn't do anything. (laughs) A lot of people say he didn't do nothing. And he didn't do a damn thing. But he just thinks since it, what he thinks since it happened on his watch that he should take a lot of credit for it. It happened during his presidency, even though he really didn't have a damn thing to do with it. This is how the Republicans work. They want to give their master, their king, their emperor, the Nobel Peace Prize because they're in charge and they're running everything. You could say they're in charge and they're fucking up everything. As I alluded to earlier, we have to vote. We have to vote. I was saying yesterday on the show Republicans are going, they're going to try, they're going to, excuse me, they're going to try to cheat their way out of this. They're going to try to suppress the vote. As I'm sitting here now in my studio broadcasting on a block talk radio out here to the world, they are going to try to suppress the vote to keep Americans from voting. They're thinking about it now. Trump wants to be president forever. The Republicans, they don't want to lose control. They don't want to lose power, even though they cannot govern. And if you think about it, since Trump has been in, been president for maybe a year, going up on two years now, he hasn't done a damn thing. They haven't governed. The Republicans, they don't know how to lead. They know how to talk, scream, yell, talk loud, uh, uh, name calling and all racism. But for as leading a country, they, have, they don't have a clue. The, the Republicans in Congress are there for one thing, to make money, to get rich, and then quit. It's all about the dollar. Because the majority of Republicans who have left Congress, who have quit or resigning or will not run again, 
You think they're quitting if they're broke? You think they're going to quit their jobs, leave their jobs if their house still needs to be paid, if their mortgage still still needs to be paid, or if their rent needs, uh, needs to be paid, or if their car note, or if their kids are, are still in college or, or university somewhere and, and their tuitions, uh, they, still have, they still have to pay the tuition? No. They're not walking. They're walking away, but they're not walking away broke. They got that pension. <laughs> they're not walking away broke. But they're walking, to me, they're walking away as failures. Total, totally failures. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. And we have been talking about uh, Sarah Sanders and this uh, $130,000 uh, payment to Stormy Daniels from Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, uh, and Cohen's been saying for the longest that Trump had nothing to do with it. Then Trump come out and said, and said this morning, I had everything to do with it. He contradicts what people say about him. And then he throws those people, th- throws them under the bus. <laughs> oh, man. You're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's just so much garbage comes out of this White House. It's almost... Uh, it's almost laughable, and but it's not laughable. It's it's really really uh, shameful. That's uh, what's going on in America today. It's really really shameful. Presidential.
And to discuss this, and Errol, first to you, I want to talk. Table, and I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments. Category 4 storm. At the same time, we learned that the president was going to pardon former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Did the president use Harvey for political cover? Let's discuss. In fact, let's debate. first to you, I want to talk about the president's reaction to Ken Frazier. Ken Frazier quit. That as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it, and both are frank, frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my party, to the Republicans who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the office of the presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation. No bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yeah. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. Go. And if he can't, you've got to confront him over and over and over and over again. And, Governor, here's, here's, what, here's what folks are saying. Um, those comments today that were at Trump Tower 
in the same place where he launched his presidential campaign in June of 2015 by saying this. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. So, Governor, you know, the folks who his critics are saying he showed us who he was in those comments over two years ago. At least he's consistent. He hasn't changed. Should, and people shouldn't be surprised by his behavior today. They expected it all along. What, do you take, what issue do you take with him by saying just what he said? The fact of the matter is, being a border governor, we know that we're not getting the best that what Mexico can send to us. We know that the drug cartels are down there. We know that the rapists are coming across, and then they go to sanctuary cities, and then they head back, and then they come back here again. You know, this is America. The American people ought to be protected also. And I'll and let you respond to that. as as rhetoric. As a Latina, I'll, again, I'll again, uh, again, Don, uh, life is too short for me to respond uh, to something like that. What I will say is that it, you're exactly right. He showed us during the campaign over and over and over who he was. We saw him boast about sexual predatory behavior. We, we heard him attack Judge Curiel. We heard him attack the cons. We heard him attack Mexicans. We heard him attack women. Over and over and over again, he showed us who he was. But Republicans, so many Republicans, look, I have friends here in Miami who voted for him because he was going to change Cuba policy, and he did. But that's not enough. That is not enough because the harm he is causing this country is just too great to look the other way. And many people thought that when he entered the Oval Office, he would become presidential, that the magnitude of his office would make him change and become a presidential figure. Well, six and a half months have gone by, seven months have gone by. You don't change a 71-year-old man. He yeah. is not going to change. And it is time that Republicans start realizing that and, and stop giving him a damn chance. He's not going to change. He will continue embarrassing us and making us feel ashamed. Governor, and, and Governor, you're okay with everything he said today? I am, I am, from everything that I heard, I don't have a problem with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that all of this rhetoric is all sour grapes because it's just continually coming through um, the networks. Uh, across our country, and he was duly elected. He is uh, the president of the United States, and for people to use some of the verbiage that they've used, Anna is in a Republican, a longtime Republican, by the way. Our... I understand that. I... Now you've lost my. I lost. You my said that. So, you said it's destroying our president. We need to. Pardon. I was just trying to help you complete your thought. <laughs> it's just it's the. It comes across, it sincerely comes across that everybody's candidate didn't win, so they just want to go after the president on every little issue. There's code words, there's dog whistles, there's, you know, this and this, that. I mean, my God, I've lived, again, a long time, and I've never, ever seen uh, part of our country behave in this manner, to this extent. It's over the top, and it's disturbing. And so many There are people who are watching, Governor, uh, who will say that they, they sounds like you're talking about Donald Trump and those people who are out there with torches the other night. Well, those are bad people. 
Those are bad, bad people. I mean, nobody is going to say that the Ku Klux Klan carrying tiki lights are good people. Nobody should say that. I mean, the president said that today. He said there were some good people in let me just let me just say this. I do not think well, you can ask any American. Wait, Jan, I don't interrupt you, so please give me the same respect that I've given you, which has taken enormous restraint. I haven't interrupted you, Anna. I, I haven't. I haven't interrupted. All right, you. great. Then let me then let me All finish right, ladies, my thought because I can actually ladies. keep my train of thought. Uh, one of the things he did today, by the way was also come after and attack the senior senator from Arizona who is battling brain cancer right now. I find that offensive, not only as a friend of John McCain's, but as an American. I find it offensive as a human with empathy. I find it offensive for my friend Cindy and Megan McCain. I find it unacceptable. And if anybody is going to ask me to respect Donald Trump because he's president, First, I would say to them, tell him to respect the presidency. Mm -hmm. Tell him to respect the American people. Tell him to treat his office with the dignity that it deserves. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny than you hold him. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny when it comes to rhetoric than you hold him. He is the one that is dividing us. It is not us. Believe me, I got over Jeb Bush years ago, okay? He ran a terrible campaign. If you think this is sour grapes over Jeb Bush, you are sorely mistaken. This is pain over what is happening in the United States of America, a country that embraced me and that is today my homeland. Texas coast, category four storm. At the same time, we learned that the president was going to pardon former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Did the president use Harvey for political cover? Let's discuss. In fact, let's debate. We have CNN political commentator Anna Navarro and Republican Arizona State Senator Steve Montenegro. Anna, what do you think? Was this playing politics? Even though we have a 24-hour news cycle now, you don't get the Friday pass the way you used to. But do you think the pardon was conveniently timed? Oh, of course it was conveniently timed. Listen, uh, first of all, that same day he did the, he signed the ban on transgender serving in the mm -hmm. military, which is incredibly offensive, that a guy who's been a continuous draft dodger would ban patriotic, qualified Americans willing to risk their lives from serving, something he was unwilling to do, <clears throat> something I was unwilling to do just because of their sexual identity. That is offensive. He does that earlier in the afternoon. Then... He does the Arpaio pardon. And then we learn that Gorka left the White House. Of course, or was ushered out of the White House. That's not coincidence. That's him throwing a bone to his base first before announcing something that he knew his base would not like. And of course, using the context of the hurricane to distract us all. As one of his deputy homeland uh, advisors said yesterday on ABC, nobody's paying attention to Arpaio because there's a hurricane that right. we are living through. Well, he is damn wrong. There's a lot of people right. in this country, not only Latinos, who are incredibly offended by the pardoning of a man who is a racial profiler and a discriminatory racist. All right. Well, we're paying attention to all of it, obviously. And I believe we have a Latino who is not offended by the pardon in the form of lawmaker Montenegro. What do you think of the pardon of Arpaio? Well, thank you for having me this morning again. Um, listen, what's, what's on display here is... All right, I want to make a correction. NBC, ABC say Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohn, was not wiretapped. Issue, they issue corrections, okay? I think I said something on Facebook or on social media 
to the to the effect that um uh uh Trump's uh lawyer was wiretapped. I you know, I, I've got it from I think I've gotten it from CNN, some of the some credible uh, uh news sites. Um uh, believe me, this is not fake news, just because you uh, they're they're printing a retraction as I speak. But I wanna say they're taking it back. They're taking back their uh what they reported this morning is that uh, this afternoon, actually, that Trump's uh, uh, lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen, was wiretapped. I'm pretty sure Trump, the Trump administration is going to go all haywire or fake news. Anyway, um, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air. I think there's about seven more minutes left into the show. Trump has always been a <laughs> used car salesman. Trump pitched a wall Okay, look, I'm trying to read something here. It's not coming out too well. Okay. We now have a president who shares similar characteristics <laughs> with John Perón of Argentina. Trump has in, has ensured that he will live in history as a member of this team of self-serving egoists, liars, pathological liars, narcissists. Uh, wow. Yeah, he's going to, yeah, tr- Donald Trump is going to go down in history, folks. I mean, this guy, uh, in a bad way, in, in a bad, not a good way. And uh, one of the things I never wanted for Donald Trump was to be a failed president. I never wanted him to be a failed president. I never wanted him to be a disgraceful, embarrassing president. I wanted him to be successful, even though I didn't vote for him and I wouldn't have voted for him, but I did not want him to be a loser president because by him being a loser president and a failed president, that would also take America down. And I didn't want that. But anyway, you know, what I wanted uh, did not uh, precise. Uh, He ended up being just those things I said that I wished he, uh, that I didn't want him to be, you know, but he, he's all the, he's all those things and worse. He's the worst president in the history of the world. I mean, the worst cabinet in the history of the world, all these folks, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. All they know is what Donald Trump tells them. And Donald Trump tells them to cut and eliminate cut those programs to the bare bone so you'll keep a job but eliminate those programs so the poor people can't access them. And I'll say say it again, folks, we have to vote. We have to get out there and do our due diligence. We have to vote. You know, because there's always that chance that we could get surprised again. We don't want to get surprised again like we got surprised in 2016 and there was Donald Trump because everybody was working on all cylinders thinking it was going to be Hillary Clinton. I wasn't a great Hillary Clinton supporter, but I voted for her because uh, I didn't want Trump. If there would have been someone else there, I probably would have voted for someone else and not Hillary. But Hillary was there, 
And so I voted for her. I held my nose to vote for Hillary. I knew about all of her baggage and all of her, uh, uh, every, all of that stuff that people were saying about her. Some of it was true, you know, because I, I witnessed some of it. But I knew that she would, she would be more presidential, more knowledgeable, more stronger, and better liked than Donald Trump. So we don't want to get surprised again in 2018, okay? <laughs> so we're going to make sure we vote blue. And the person, uh, the girl or guy, um, the man or woman that you're going to be voting for, make sure you know all about them. Do not vote for somebody because they have a nice-sounding name. Do not vote for somebody because they're handsome or cute. Do not vote for someone because they they um saying the things that you want to hear. Of course, they're going to say the things you want to hear because they want to get your vote. They want to be elected. But you have to do your due diligence due diligence and vet these people, research them, find out all about them. Or we're going to get people in office like the Republicans. They're, you know, like the Republicans now, the current crop of congressional Republicans, they don't give a damn about you, me, their constituency, or nobody. They are too busy kissing Donald Trump's feet. We don't want to vote for somebody who's going to go in there and be an ass kisser. We want to want somebody who's going to go into Congress and work for the people who put their butts in office. Am I correct? So vote blue, everybody. Vote blue. Do the best you can. And um, get out there and do it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be preaching every day on this show until November 16th about the importance of getting out here and voting, doing the right thing. Uh, hopefully Donald Trump will not be in office by then, but if he is, we can vote in, uh, we can vote in Democrats who will impeach him. I understand Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to, to impeach him, but they may be able to override her. It's a possibility. So you guys hang in there. The George Wilder Jr. Show is always going to be here. We're going to keep you positive. We're going to keep you uplifted. We don't want you to be depressed because of what's going on in the world. We want you to stay positive, stay mad, and stay pissed, and make sure you get everybody that you know to the polls to vote blue. We may not be able to turn every state in America blue, but we're going to give it a hell of a try.
lay me down before I go to sleep. In a troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. And George Wilder's doing the show will be back next week with guests and surprises. Always surprises. Hopefully there will be surprises. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Tune in. Have a great day. Be careful out there. Be nice to one another. Be nice to one another. Okay. Uh, and we are off the air.